0: Welcome to Kept Secrets. You're listening to episode 22. I'm your host Nikki Rothrock. This podcast is a way that I try to help others who have also experienced childhood sexual abuse, neglect, or trauma. I will discuss my personal experiences and the treatments that helped heal my brokenness. My abuse started as early as five to six years old and by more than 20 different perpetrators. There's a very long history, but I've created this podcast in hopes of helping one person. I hope that person is you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I took a little break last week. Didn't feel like I was in the right headspace. Should probably introduce Archie and Bill. Archie's being a little turd tonight because he thinks every time I sit at this table that he deserves 100 treats. So Archie is my little two-year-old shih tzu, and I have a 15-year-old lab who I'm sure you will hear as well. So, tonight's episode, I thought that maybe we could talk about finding and getting to know your inner child. I'll kind of go over a couple articles that I found online, and then I'll talk about my own personal experience when I was going through treatment and how I found her. And how I maintain a relationship with my inner child. Which, in preparation for this episode, I realized that I have neglected her a little bit. So, that's my fault. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get better. Um, <clears throat> okay, so, I found an article, a couple different ones. So, the things that we're going to talk about are... I think there's six different things and and six different ways of finding and getting to know your inner child. Then I have, um, if we have time, I have seven things that your inner child needs to hear you say. So I want to kind of explain how annoying this dog is, first of all i uh, just kidding. So I'm going to explain to you how I found my inner child. So I was in treatment with Beth. I was in my mid-20s. And it was really hard for me to put the blame back on my main abuser, Tom. If this is the first episode that you're listening to, there's um, 21 other episodes that explain who Tom is. But Tom was my mother's husband and stop. Tom was my mother's husband and he abused me sexually, mentally, uh, in my personal opinion, spiritually um, for about six years, but the after effect or the long-term side effects of that particular abusive relationship, I still struggle with today. So I talk a lot about my healing and my journey and treatment and, like, last, the last episode that I did was about a face-to-face encounter that I had with Tom. Um, I believe it was right before I turned 30. And I'm 44 now. So, it's, it's been a while. But anyway, um, I was in treatment. And I can remember my aha moment and when the light bulb went off and when I finally realized... That Tom was responsible, him and the other perpetrators, but mostly him. He is the one that we worked on in treatment mostly. So I remember sitting in Beth's office and she wanted me to close my eyes. So if you want to do this exercise with me, you can, but she wanted me to close my eyes and picture a child of someone that I knew since I didn't have children of my own and I didn't I I really had a hard time with this so this was right before we started working on the inner child but she closed my I wanted to close my eyes and she wanted me to picture a child so I pictured a girl that I went to high school with her daughter uh she was maybe four or five years old she was fun um I'm not, I apologize for the screeching dog in the background, but he's really annoying me today. Okay, so she wanted me to picture this child and she said, I want you to imagine that Tom has done everything to this child that he's done to you. And I got uncomfortable Because first of all, I wanted to protect this child from him. I didn't want her to experience the abuse and the trauma and all of that. So I got uncomfortable. And I was a little emotional because I was like, I don't want to picture that, you know. But for the sake of the exercise, I had to. And she made me sit with that for a minute. And I I became aggravated or mad, I guess, because I was like, how dare he do this to her? And she's like, now, what would you do? <clears throat> how would you react if you found out that he had done this to her? I was like, oh, my gosh, I would be mad. I would be so mad. I would want to hurt him and chop things off of his body and poke his eyes out with forks and cut his tongue out like all of these horrible things that I that I would do or wanted to do to an abuser of a child that I loved and so (laughs) I'm kind of paraphrasing for the sake of time but Beth sat in front of me and she wheeled a little chair up to me got a little closer and of course I'm uncomfortable with this And she said, why why can't you be angry for what he did to you? Why, Why is it okay for what he did to you? Why is that your fault? Why, you know, would you blame her for what he did to her? I think that's what she said. And I was kind of pissed that she even said that, and I was like, of course I wouldn't blame the little girl for that happening to her, because she was a child, and she's like, she just looked at me, and she's like, yes, you were just a child, and I was like, oh, okay, so that is the moment that I was able to see myself in a way as a child who was abused, not just um uh, somebody who deserved to be abused or someone who caused the abuse because i did feel that way i felt like i i um that i kind of um like i kind of deserved the abuse in a way back then and i had a lot of guilt i had a lot of sympathy for Tom, and it was, looking back on it, it it makes me kind of sick to my stomach that I wasted so much time feeling that way, but had I not felt that way, I probably would not have been able to um, get to this point. So, after that, I was able to start looking at my inner child and really... Protecting her and loving her and nurturing her. So the article that I have was, this one was from the Mayo Clinic. And the first thing there's, uh, I think this one has six things. Yes, so there's six things that you could do. The first thing is to keep an open mind. Because I will tell you, when Beth told me that she wanted me to have a conversation with my inner child, I was like, you what? You want me to what? That's weird. So keeping an open mind will help you get through this. It's not, other people are not going to judge you. This is something that is literally between you, your therapist, or you and your inner child. So, it's okay to feel a little uncertain about the idea of an inner child, but you don't have to look at this child as a separate person or personality. Instead, consider them a representation of your past experience. For most people, the past contains a mix of positive and negative events. These circumstances help from your character, form your character and guide your choices and goals as you grow older And eventually reach adulthood. Um, Deeper understanding of your past self could also be key to enjoying improved health and well-being later in life. So the second thing is to look to children for guidance. So if you have children, nieces, nephews, friends who have children, don't be a creeper. (laughs) But, you know, when I think when I went through this... My girlfriend, Janet, uh, the one who was like a mom to me, she, she took me on a little shopping spree if I were a child. So, as if I were a child. So, we went and got coloring books and crayons, um, she got me, and I still have this stuff, it's so funny, she got me this little school box that I could put my crayons in, and, um, what else did she get me? I think she got me some stickers, stuff like that, you know, just very childlike. And I was, I didn't expect her to do that or anything, but she loved it. She was so excited. She's like, I'm going to spoil her and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, it was weird for me at the time. But as an adult now, that is a memory that I cherish with Janet because Janet passed away a couple years ago, like a year and a half ago. And I was, when I was thinking about this episode this weekend, I was like, it just made me think of Janet and how sweet she was and how she would sit in color with me or we would scrapbook together and, you know, try to find happy memories of my childhood. So looking to children for guidance in this way, a child can teach you a lot about life from finding joy in the small things to living in the moment. If you struggle to think back to enjoyable childhood experiences, engaging in creative play with children can help rekindle these memories and put you back in touch with the enjoyment of simpler days. Any type of play can have benefit. Games like tag or hide and seek can help you get moving and feel free and unrestrained again. Make believe play can help you think back to childhood fantasies and what they meant to you. If you face certain difficulties or periods of trauma or disruption, for example, you may, have been, you may have imagined specific scenarios that helped you cope and feel more secure. Making time to play with your children doesn't just increase your sense of playfulness and youthful expression. It also has a positive impact on their own well-being, in part by contributing to the development of their inner self. If you don't have any children of your own, you might spend time with children of your friends or relatives. Watching movies or television shows from your childhood, or rereading some of your favorite books, can also help. Can also be a helpful way to stir up positive feelings. So what I did was I would, um, I would color. I would, and I would set aside times. I would um, watch. I I because of my childhood, I hate. Like black and white movies. I can I really like The Wizard of Oz, but the very beginning of it, when it's in black and white, it really creeps me out. So, and that's just a a bad memory of my childhood. Like the really old cartoons like from the 50s and 60s I can't watch. But the ones like the Flintstones and the Jetsons and the Smurfs, Strawberry Shortcake, things like that, Rainbow Bright. Things like that I can handle. So I found myself going through some of my old things and I had a rainbow bright doll that my dad and my stepmom bought me when I was like I don't know 6 or 7 maybe. So this was pre-Tom and this is in a, this is a time when I actually felt like a child, but I still felt very I felt very stifled. You know, when I would go to my dad's, I wasn't allowed to act like a child. I had to be quiet. I had to eat the food that was given to me, a.k.a. meatloaf. This is why I hate meatloaf. Um, And they were big portions, you know, things that like I just felt very uncomfortable going over there. But I loved times that I could spend with my dad. So I tried to focus more on that. So. Um, my dad would read me books, like Cabbage Patch books, um, the Bernstein Bears I think was one of them. Um, he would also take me on bicycle rides, he would take me fishing, when I was really little he lived in an apartment complex and they had like a lake or a pond or whatever behind their apartment and he would take me back there and we would go swimming not swimming. We did go swimming, but I had a little blow up pool for that. So things like that, my dad and my stepmom would do with me, but my mom never did. Um, I do remember going fishing with my mom, but Tom was there because this was something that Tom wanted to do, not something that they wanted to do with my brother and I. So then fishing became kind of like, Ugh, I don't want to do that because Tom's kind of a jerk and I don't want to be around him all day. So Revisiting childhood memories that are positive. Um, Exploring recollections from the past can also help you get in touch with your inner child. Photos and other mementos can help you tap back into the emotional space reflected in the image and words of the past. To look back, you might try activities like flipping through photo albums and school yearbooks or rereading childhood diaries. If your parents, siblings, or childhood friends have stories to share, these reminiscences, remin- <laughs> I can't say the word, uh, reminisces might invoke feelings and memories you've completely forgotten. Here's a visual- visualization exercise. These words are hard. Um, a visualization exercise that you could do with me right now. So, you need to picture yourself as a child using an old photo for guidance if necessary. Stop, Archie. Add detail to the scene by imagining your favorite outfit, a beloved toy, or a place you enjoyed visiting. Imagine where you were, who was with you, and what you were doing and feeling. And a lot of, if you did this kind of in a quiet space, I used to go to, and this sounds really weird, but I used to go to a cemetery that was close to where I worked. And my 45 minutes, I had 50, you know, a couple minutes to get there, a couple minutes to get back, but 45 minutes of time that I could do my homework from treatment. So this was one of the things that I did. I would um, really try to have quiet time. And I want you to, to think about it. Do you feel lost, uncertain, uncertain? or alone. Strong, content, or hopeful. Really think about how you felt in that memory that you're remembering and kind of bookmark that in your brain. So another thing, step four, would be spending time doing things you used to enjoy. This one's kind of a given. So when you get to know... Your inner child, think about the things that brought you joy in your childhood. Maybe you biked down to the creek every summer with your best friends to swim or fish. Or perhaps you liked to spend summer vacation reading in your grandparents' dusty attic. Maybe you spent hours on crafts or roller skated to the corner store for snacks after school. As a child, you probably did plenty of things just for fun. You didn't have to do them. You just wanted to. But you might have had a hard time recalling the last time you did something in your adult life simply because it makes you happy creative activities like coloring doodling and painting or painting can help too when you let your active mindset your active mind rest emotions you usually don't consider can surface in your art through your fingertips some of these emotions might tie to buried or forgotten forgotten parts of yourself, such as your inner child. I did, okay, I, I'm excited to talk to you about step five, which is talking to your inner child. One of the best ways that you can get in touch with your inner child is to open up a conversation. Well, let me tell you a funny story about that. So, I did some journaling between myself and my inner child. And I'll read more of this so that you can kind of understand what that is. But basically I had a notebook and it had Care Bears on it because Care Bears were during a time that I felt innocent, I guess. So I got, I found this dollar notebook and I was using it. So the first thing I did was I wrote a letter to myself as a child. And then we'll talk about that because a lot of those things are the things the seven things that your child needs to hear you say. So if you need to get a pen and paper, do it, because these things are so cool. Um, they will work miracles, I promise. So I, what I did was I wrote this letter to my inner child, and then I'd go to treatment, and then Beth and I would go over it, and then she'd say, okay, I want you to respond to that. In the child's perspective. <laughs> I remember thinking, What? the hell is she having me do this feels i do i do remember asking or telling her that i felt like i was kind of like different personalities because i literally had to stop being an adult and respond as a child so your words change your you know your your thought process changes it becomes more simple and more black and white. And as an adult, there's all of this gray stuff that's just muddling up, mudding, muddle. I was muddling a word. I don't know. But it's, it's just really clogging up the thoughts. Where children are more innocent and more straight to the point. Okay. So <laughs> that is a very um, funny memory that I have in Beth's office because I was like, you're killing me because I don't. I don't get this. I don't get it. I don't understand. But then when I did get it, you guys, it, it helped so much. So, um, okay, talking to your inner child. Archie's upset because one of the little treats that I gave him or I threw at him went underneath my bookshelf. <laughs> so now he's like, get it for me now. <laughs> anyway, okay. Talk to your inner child. One of the best ways you can get in touch with your inner child is to open up a conversation. And... A quote from RAB, R A A B, which is the author of this. He said, If we have wounds due to trauma, writing about the trauma can help us connect with the child within. During this reconnection, we tap into and perhaps understand some of the reasons for adult fears, phobias, and life patterns. Understanding your inner child helps us see the reasons why we've become who we are today. That's a lot. You guys, it's like if I knew that it was this simple, I would have done it forever ago. But this is, its just, it makes so much sense. Um, writing can be a powerful tool for reconnecting with your inner child. So you don't need to speak out loud, although you certainly can if it helps. I told you guys a couple, a few episodes back about um, having outspoken dialogue with myself because my inner child wanted to go to the bowling alley where we knew Tom was. And this was before he and I um, had our encounter. But I remember sitting at a stoplight and I remember picturing her in my back seat and how she was just like whining. And you know how kids are like, I want to do this. I ain't... no. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I was picturing her because that is what I felt inside. And I was like, Girl, I was like, we are not going there. We are going through this light. We are going to drive down the street. We're going to our apartment complex. We're going to park the car. We're going to go into the apartment, lock the door, and we're there for the rest of the night. I remember saying that out loud because I had to explain to her that going to where we knew he was was bad for us. Bad for her because she had such an attachment. Bad for me because I w- I hadn't worked through this yet, so it could have been really bad. Excuse me, I needed a drink. Okay, let's see. Writing a letter or free writing about your childhood memories can help you explore past experiences and sort through associated emotions. Try holding a specific thought in your head to guide your letter or journal exercise Or use a stream of consciousness writing to express any thought that may come to mind. You can even frame it as a question and answer exercise. This is what I did, but it was more like a letter to her and then her response back to me. And it went back and forth a couple times. Allow your adult self to ask your child self questions and listen to how the child responds. Maybe your child self is small, vulnerable, and in need of protection and support. Maybe, on the other hand, it's joyful and thriving. Answering any questions your child self has can help you begin healing inner vulnerabilities or distress. It's normal to feel a little nervous about what your inner child wants to share, especially if you've buried some negative past experiences or difficult emotions. But think of this exercise as a way to establish and strengthen a bond between your current self and your child self. So it's like one of those things where if you know in the back of your head that you're scared of something, you're just letting the child tell you, I'm scared and this is why. So I did an exercise like this not too long ago when I was talking about or thinking about getting weight loss surgery. Because Beth was thinking that my inner child was stopping me from going through with the surgery because she was scared of something, so she kind of guided me on that a little bit. And I had (laughs) the whole way home. I was thinking, I was like, "Girl, what is? What are you? Why do you have anything to do with the weight loss surgery and telling me that you don't want to do it?" Because I really didn't want to do it. I'm 44 years old, and I'm like, how? how much am I going to get out of losing weight and blah, blah, blah. So I had this mental block. And so Beth had me really think about it. So all the way home, which was about 30 minutes, I was thinking, I'm like, what is she trying to tell me? Why doesn't she want me to get surgery? What, what is it? And I think I've talked about this in another episode, but I got home and Ryan was here waiting. He's like, how, how to go, whatever. And I was like, I need help with this exercise because I can't figure it out. And I said, what is my inner child freaking out about? Why doesn't she want me to have weight loss surgery? And I had already said this before that I feel like my weight is the last piece of my trauma because as the years have gone on, I've gained and gained and gained. And it's become a barrier for myself. Um, It's an obstacle for sure. And I say that because professionally, I don't feel like I could, I do feel like I could be in a better place. I feel like I could make more money if I, and it's just society, you know, society pays prettier girls more, Then they do unattractive, overweight women who, I guess I am middle-aged at this point. I don't know. I don't know when you actually hit elderly. (laughs) But I feel, you know, my weight has kept me back. Um, I, I feel like people, professional people see me as just this lazy slob or whatever. And I am not a slob. I mean, I'm not... The greatest, you know, I'm not a slob. I'm not what the society thinks overweight people are, fat and lazy. And, you know, they just sit around and eat all the time and watch TV or whatever. That's not my life. So it's very frustrating. But so I had to think about this. And my husband and I talked about it for a second. And he just looked at me. He's like, you really don't know. And I'm like, no, I literally need help with this. He said, if you get rid of the weight, which is the last piece of the trauma, she's going to feel like you're going to forget about her. (gasps) Ding dong. I got hit in the forehead, like with a brick. I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah. That's what she's been trying to say. If you get weight loss surgery and you become, you know, more healthy and you're you know you're not going to want to talk about me anymore you're not going to want to be involved with me in conversations not that I have been a lot lately but it made perfect sense she was telling me no 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 don't do this giving me every reason in the book not to do it but all it was was because she was scared and I had to really I really had to grasp for straws to figure out what she was scared of. And when Ryan said that, it was like, duh, that's complete. That's 100% it. So I've kind of halted the talk on the weight loss surgery, but I may revisit that soon. Um, I was supposed to talk about it uh, after I came back from vacation in March, but... Now I have an appointment with my doctor in June and I'm very anxious about it because I just haven't made a decision yet. So then I have vacation in July. So, okay, the next step, which is number six, we have this one and one more. And we're about halfway done and I'll be able to get you the seven things that your inner child needs to hear you say. (coughs) Excuse me, guys, I choke on my spit. Okay, so talk to a therapist is number six. If reaching out to your inner child triggers discomfort or painful emotions, including grief, traumatic memories, and feelings of helplessness or fear, the author of this, I cannot pronounce the name, egel maybe, recommends seeking guidance from a trained mental health professional. I am not a trained mental health professional. I am just a person who has been through some stuff, I've been through some treatment, and I'm here to help you with letting you know that this might... If you are seeing a therapist, and you're not really getting anywhere, and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels in the mud every time I go in there, and she, they're just not getting me, maybe work on the inner child with them. Um, I think, I don't know, CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, I think that's the one that does this. I, I don't know, maybe mention it to your therapist and see, or if this is something that you just couldn't get into, maybe revisit it. You never know. So a therapist can offer support and introduce you to coping strategies that can help you face trauma and emotions from the past. Some therapists may have more experience and training with your inner child work more than others. Asking potential therapists about their experience with inner child work can help you find the right person to support your growth and healing. If possible, seek a therapist experienced with inner child therapy. I'm not really sure if that's one of those things that you can Google, but if that's what you want, try it. You never know. Like I tried to find a bariatric therapist and that's really hard unless you actually are going through a bariatric surgery process. And I don't want that. I just want to talk to somebody about why I'm overweight. Um, this specific approach works from the idea that mental health symptoms, relationship concerns, and other emotional, emotional distress often stems from unresolved pain or repressed emotions. Learning to reparent your inner child in therapy can help you begin addressing and resolving these issues. So bottom line, Finding your inner child doesn't mean you're immature or that you don't want to grow up. Rather, it can help make it easier to understand your adult experience, heal from pain in your past, and handle any future challenges with self-compassion. Since tapping into this awareness of your child self, since tapping into this awareness of your child self can help you regain a sense of joy and wonder, you can even consider a form of self care. You may not see or hear your inner child clearly, but forging a connection with this part of your of you can learn nope. But forging a connection with this part of you can lead to a stronger, more complete sense of self. Okay. So that article was <clears throat> something that I found on online and I can post it if you want to see the full thing. I believe it was from The Mayo Clinic. Um, I did. I get a lot of resources from there, and the author is Dr. Diana Rab R A A B Diana, as in Princess Diana, and Rab R A A B. If you're interested, you can Google her. Okay, on to part two. This one, I went through and I circled the ones that I was able to get through. And thank goodness I, for my own personal journey, I did all seven in my relationship with my inner child. So I'm excited that I did that. (laughs) You should be excited too. Okay, so Lucy Chin, and this article was from tinybuddha.com. You can Google things about inner child all day long, but it was really hard To find something that was quick and to the point that we could talk about tonight. So I just, I pulled this one because it really related to a lot of stuff that I did. And I figured I could talk to you guys more about it. So she says, well, she has some quotes here. The first one is, stop trying to quote unquote fix yourself. You're not broken. You're perfectly imperfect and powerful beyond measure. This is from Steve Maraboli, that is a quote from this person. Maybe these are people that she worked with, I don't know. Um, Have you ever thought about why you can't move forward? Have you ever wondered why you sabotage yourself? I still wonder that every day. Have you ever questioned why you so easily feel anxious, depressed, and self-critical? Inside each of us, there's an inner child that was once wounded. To avoid the pain... We've tried to ignore that child, but he or she never goes away. Our inner child lives in our unconscious mind and influences how we make choices, respond to challenges and live our lives. My mom, (laughs) this person must be British or something. Uh, My mom left me when I was six. I didn't see her again until I was 14. I don't remember ever missing her. I told myself, It was a good thing that she left because no one was beating me anymore. That's sad. But now I had to prove to myself to make my dad proud. Or I had to prove myself to make my dad proud. He was all I had. So I was once one of the popular kids at school. I got good grades. I went to the top university, to a top university to get a commerce degree and was hired into a big bank graduate program before I even graduated. That's pretty impressive. I worked for years in the finance industry, writing corporate leading lending details. Sorry, guys. Meeting clients and selling derivatives trading tools. I don't know what that is, and I work in finance. so. But I saw firsthand and up close how that was destroying people's wealth and lives. It didn't align with my values. I felt like a zombie taking the transit every day back and forth, living like a fraud. But what else could I do? I had always believed that getting into finance was the way to be successful. And the wounded child within me was afraid of failing and disappointing my dad. That's pretty good self uh, information. (laughs) Then, on my 29th birthday, I stumbled upon an online art course and discovered my passion. But ditching finance to pursue the life of an artist wasn't easy for me. My dad was disappointed and angry, and he tried to change my mind. Now, I understand that he was afraid for me. But at the same time, I was angry with him for not supporting me because deep down I was scared that he would no longer love me. I can relate to that. I knew then <clears throat> I have to I have to have the courage and the strength to continue down the road less traveled. I had to heal my fears, wounded, heal my fears and wounded inner child. If you too feel lost, lonely, small and afraid of losing love and acceptance, you may also benefit from healing the inner child who once felt insecure and not good enough. Saying these things to yourself is a good start. Number 1. <clears throat> I love you. That's a rough one because every kid wants to hear that they're loved. That's my personal. This is not the article, but every kid wants to know that they're loved. Um Okay. As children, a lot of us believed that we needed to accomplish goals, get good grades, make the team, fill out our fill our older siblings' footsteps. To be lovable, we may not have had parents who told us we deserve love, no matter what we achieved. Some of us may have had parents who considered showing love and tenderness to be a sign of weakness. But we can tell ourselves that we are lovable now. Say it whenever you see your inner self. Say it whenever you see yourself in the mirror. Say it in any random moment. Love is the key to healing, so give it to yourself. That one's a hard one for me because my inner child was a little chubby girl. She wasn't the cleanest. Uh, She was pretty social though. And uh, she didn't get the I love you's much at home. The I love you's that she did get was do this for me and I'll show you that I love you or whatever. Conditional, everything was conditional in my life. I did believe that my dad loved me when he told me he loved me as a kid. Not that I, I believe him now, but I'm saying as a kid, I, I do remember believing that. Um, and it was like when I would go to my dad's house for every other Sunday or whatever, it was like an escape from the torture at home, which at the time I didn't realize it was torture, But looking back at it now, oh, my gosh, it was. You know, I was constantly under under Tom's thumb, I guess. So my mother never told me she loved me. (laughs) Even up till the very moment that she died. And I told this story in the saying goodbye to my mom episode. But every chance that I got in the last two hours that mom was alive, uh, I'd tell her that I love her and she'd say, I love you too. And I was like, I was loving that first of all, because she never really said that to me as I was a kid or adult or whatever. And (laughs) she right before she became unconscious, stop Archie. Stop. Right before she came became unconscious in her last moments, she was aware, and I was like, Mom, I'm here. I love you. You know what she said to me? She said, I know you do, dear. My inner child was like, what, what the frick? Why are you saying it like that? Here we go. So, you know, it was kind of, kind of a joke between Mom and I um, because anytime I'd say I love you, she'd be like, okay, or whatever. She was She didn't feel comfortable saying it. And even in her last, very, that was the last thing she said out loud. I know you do, dear. Gosh, I felt like mm, my inner child was, and that was me punching my fist. My inner child was so mad because she just wanted to know that you loved, that mom loved her, you know. So my dad is still pretty good about the I love yous. Um. My brother, not really. Archie, it's just the cat. Okay, so number two, we got about 15 minutes left. Number two, I hear you. Oftentimes when you feel hurt, we push down our feelings and try to act strong. But for a lot of us, this stems from childhood when we frequently heard, quit your crying or I'll give you something to cry about. But those feelings don't just go away. They fester inside of us affecting the choices we make as adults until we make the conscious effort to hear them. I never acknowledged that I felt abandoned when my mom left, but I did. And I carried that into my adult relationships. To heal, I had to acknowledge how her leaving affected me. I had to give a voice to all the pain that I had suffered back then. Instead of suppressing the voice of the inner child, I say, excuse me, I hear you, We'll work through it. It's going to be okay. I liked reassuring my inner child. I felt like she needed that. Bill likes to slap her ears on her head. Um, Number three, you didn't deserve this. As children, many of us assumed that we deserved to be abused, shamed, or abandoned. We told ourselves that we were just a bad kid, that we did something wrong. Dr. Phil always says that kids are great at making, at blaming themselves for things that adults did. Divorces, um, separations, things like that. <clears throat> but it's simply not true. In many cases, the people who wounded us simply didn't know any other way. Perhaps my mom was be- was beaten as a child, so it was the only way that she knew how to par- parent her daughter. A child is an is innocent and pure a child does not deserve to be abused shamed or abandoned it's not the it's not the child's fault and though we may not have had the capacity to understand this then now as adults we do if you feel that this is something that you deserved really sit with that and comfort your inner child with you didn't deserve this It's really hard to um, accept that, I think. But that is also where you're putting the blame back on the people who did it to you or who hurt you, abandoned you, whatever. Putting it back on them. Mom left because she didn't know how to handle her relationship with my father who was an alcoholic. Something like that. You know, you got to put it back on the person who did it. Okay, number four. This is a big one. I'm sorry. I've always been an overachiever. I considered slowing down a sign of weakness. Not too long ago, I was consistently stressed out about not doing enough. I couldn't enjoy time with my kids because I was always thinking about work. One day, it dawned on me that since I was a child, that I had been pushing myself too hard. I never cut myself any slack. I would criticize myself if I simply wanted to rest. I told my inner child I was sorry. She didn't deserve to be pushed so hard. And I don't deserve it now as an adult either. I've since allowed myself a lot more downtime. And my relationships with my loved ones have improved as a result. So if you're one of those like overachievers that has to work 24-7 and always has to be busy. And what's funny is right before I started Working on my inner child with Beth, I was working full-time, going to school part-time. like I was taking two or three classes a week, and I was very social with my friends. I was very busy. Once about probably one weekend a month, I would crash. And what that means is Friday night, I'd come home from work, eat dinner, sleep, sleep all day Saturday, sleep all day Sunday, get up, go to work, and start the next three weeks over. I just kept going and going and going, keeping myself busy. One, because I had goals that I wanted to achieve and I felt like I just needed to do that. But the other, I think now looking back, was I didn't wanna feel what I was doing, what I was going through. And then also you gotta add my treatment once a week. So I was still doing my homework, things like that. Whew, it was a lot. Okay, I gotta hurry because I only have like a couple minutes. So number five, I forgive you. One of the quickest ways to destroy ourselves is to hold on to shame and regret. The first night my mom returned home when I was 14, she asked to sleep with me. We only had two beds at the time, one for me and one for my dad. I couldn't fall asleep and I kept rolling around. Then all of a sudden my mom blurted out, stop moving you a-hole. But she really said the word. The next day, I put a sign on my door that read no unauthorized entry to prevent her from coming in. My mom left again. Then a few days later, my dad told me that they were getting a divorce after being separated for eight years. I thought it was my fault. Why did I have to roll around and be so childish and put a sign on my door? But now I know that their divorce wasn't my fault, and I forgive myself for anything I could have done better. I was only a kid, and like everyone, I was and am, hum, am human and imperfect. Self-forgiveness is great. I have a really quick example of this, and I think I talked about this years ago, or month, episodes ago. Um, when I was 12, I missed a period, thought I was pregnant. 12 years old, thought I was pregnant. Um. I remember praying about this in the shower pleading with God because a couple years before that I had accepted God as my savior you know so I knew who God was and I knew the power that he had in in my world so I um prayed that he could take anyone I loved away from me just please don't let me be pregnant it was like that bargaining stuff with God and God doesn't work that way I don't I don't think, but my 12-year-old brain was like, I'm in deep doo-doo, I need help. So what I'm saying is, God, you can take away a person that I care about, but please don't let me be pregnant. Well, very shortly after that, my friend Evan died. He was shot. It was an accident, a hunting accident. And I talked about him way early on in my episodes. I carried that guilt with me for years, years. So I was 12, even when I was 15, 16 years old, when Ryan and I first got together, that was still something that was in my mind, that had I not prayed that, then Evan would still be alive. That was one of those things that I did have to work through in treatment because that guilt, because I said something, I had to forgive myself for that. Okay, number six, thank you. Thank your inner child for never giving up, for getting through the tough moments in life together with you with strength and perseverance. Thank your inner child for trying to protect you, even if her way was holding on to painful memories. Your inner child doesn't deserve your judgment. He or she deserves your gratitude and respect. I really like that. Your inner child doesn't deserve your judgment. That was one of the things that uh, Beth and I used to talk about. She would tell me not to discount my feelings that I was discussing. The feelings from the child that I was discussing as an adult and how I felt like they were dumb. And she'd be like, stop doing that. You're discounting, a.k.a. judging. And my inner child does not deserve that. So I stopped doing that, but now I have to get more treats because I ran out. Okay. Not for me, for Archie. Number six. Okay. Number five was, I forgive you. Number six was thank you. Number seven, the last one. Tell your inner child, you did your best. As a child, I always tried to outperform, overachieve, and to meet someone else's standard to be perfect. Quote unquote, perfect. Perfect. I was always demanding and cruel to myself and no matter how well I did, I never felt good enough. But I did the best I could at the time and you did too. We're still doing the best that we can and we deserve credit for that. When we let go of perfection, the fear of failure recedes. Then we can allow ourselves to experiment and see how things unfold. <laughs> I started saying these things Excuse me. These things to my inner child as I was recovering from depression. They've helped me experience more joy, love, and peace. They've helped me become more confident and compassionate. My social worker, who first came to work with me after a self-cutting incident, recently asked me how I got to be so content and happy. It started from acknowledging, accepting, And beginning the ongoing process of reparenting my inner child. Is that one of the things you most want to, or what is one of the things you want to say to your inner child today? I messed that up. (laughs) What is the one thing you want most to say to your inner child today? So, this little booger, he's getting so many treats from me and he won't shut up. Um, okay, so one other thing if my cousin is listening um, I was hoping that you could maybe resend me the um, video that was done on the Oprah episode about the the inner child at my last cousin's dinner or lunch <clears throat> she was we were talking about the inner child and she shared this video with me in this exercise that um that was on an oprah episode and I, I may have it in my emails if i do i'll post it in the group so that you guys can see it it's very powerful from what i understand um i hope that you guys got something out of this this week um i know i read a lot the um seven things your inner child needs to hear you say By Lucy Chen was from tinybuddha.com. And finding and getting to know your inner child was from the um, Mayo Clinic, I believe. Dr. Diana Robb, R-A-A-B. So, wrapping things up, I really do hope that you got something out of it. Feel free to join my Facebook group, which is Kept Secrets, a childhood about... Oh, a podcast about childhood trauma, overcoming childhood trauma. My gosh, I'll get it right one day. Um, and you can post on there. It's a, it's a closed group. It's, it's I'm the only administrator on it, um, or admin or whatever they call them. Feel free to send me a direct message through Facebook. Even I've had a few of you guys reach out to me, and I love getting the messages. It's very encouraging. For me, from what I understand, there's not a lot of podcasts out there where people actually talk about their personal stuff. That everybody's always talking about somebody else's stuff or you know textbook stuff. But I try really to give you examples from my life and that the way the things that helped me because I I do believe in paying it forward and I believe that um, that we're all here. You know, it's unfortunate that bad things happen to good people. It sucks. I hate people that abuse kids, elderly people, and animals. (laughs) Those are my top three people that I hate in the world. Um, I don't hate anybody, but those are the top three people that if I could, you know, I don't know, maybe evict from the planet, I would do that. So the Facebook group I've already said kept secrets a podcast about overcoming childhood trauma you can email me at kept secrets with an S, podcast at gmail.com I'm still thinking about doing the listener segment listener story segment of the on the podcast because I think it would be really healing for the listeners to hear other people's stories and so if you're interested in doing that you can either email me or you can message me on Facebook and we can talk about it um, you can do it anonymously, you can use a fake name that I'm completely fine with you being anonymous. Um, what was the other thing? Next week, I'm thinking about um, talking about some self-esteem stuff because the podcast is about me, and <laughs> I have been struggling really bad. I've been in a bad head place um, with the self-esteem and really getting, um, in a better place. So I thought maybe we could talk about that. Archie thinks that's a good idea, but I haven't decided yet, but I think that might be where I go. So I hope that you guys have a wonderful week doing whatever it is you're doing. And until next time, I hope you make good decisions. Bye.